0: Hi there, I'm Trudy Ligo and you're listening to Mama's Kitchen, the series that explores what's life really like for women and girls in regional Australia. So pop the kettle on, put your feet up and join me as I share a cuppa with some pretty amazing women. Today I'm chatting with Beck McPherson and Sue Tasker about what life's really like if you're unemployed in a regional town. In their hometown of Bundaberg, 28%, nearly a third of young people, are unemployed. Beck McPherson is 24 and has always struggled with employment. Despite being a talented artist and self-employed, Beck still finds it hard to get ahead financially. Sue Tasker has been a youth and social worker for over 20 years. Two years ago, Sue co-founded her very own community organisation, Angels Community Group which provides employment training and food services to those in need. Hello to you both and thanks for joining me.
1: Hi Trudy, thank you. Hello.
0: <laughs> Beck. what
2: impact has unemployment had on you? I feel like it overall impacts everything. Like You start on life, it's impacted my mental health a fair bit. You know, there's only so many job interviews you can go for without your confidence being hindered. Has your self-esteem taken a fair whack? Oh yeah, it's taken a beating. <laughs> Beck, what type of jobs have you done in the past? Uh, I've mainly worked in retail. Uh, quickly found hospitality wasn't for me. Uh, too fast-paced. But yeah, I've I've worked in a, a few different retail stores. And what do you do now, Beck? Uh, at the moment, um, I'm a self-employed artist. I'm teaching art classes a few times a week and doing art sales and selling my my artwork.
0: And Beck, what qualifications do you have?
2: Um, I have. Certificate 2 in Retail Makeup and Skincare. I have Certificate 2 in Retail. Uh, Certificate 3 in Business. And I've just enrolled in Certificate 3 in Visual Arts.
0: Sue, you've known firsthand what job insecurity is. What impact did redundancy have on you? Well, when you've done the one thing for so long,
1: that's your identity. That's who you are. So you're you're suddenly just a person and you don't know where to go to, you don't know where to turn and is this a chance that you start something different or do you go back to the safety of what you're doing but then that's in a whole different place and you're starting again, you're having to
0: prove yourself again and it's scary. Has that made you help relate to those that you try and help with skilling and training and employment? I hope so. I hope people
1: feel like that I can relate to them Um, and certainly when I was younger, which was many, many years ago... I was, I was unemployed and I was trying to find a job and I had to go through the courses and that sort of stuff. So I don't forget that and um, I do have an empathy, I think, for what people are going through with it.
0: Sue, so how does your organisation help unemployed people? Okay, so I guess
1: we come at it from two different angles. We have our our like practical, uh, hands-on approach. So we have our food food programs um, free furniture program things like that but when then we have our employment and training so while that's really important and there for your long-term goals I think it's really hard to say to somebody we want you to sit here and study or we want you to do this employment program if it's work for the doll or whatever if in their mind they they can't put food on their table that night for their kids so I definitely like to approach it both ways and we use our store here so the mini mart at the back and the, the furniture uh, the clothes out the front to provide work experience for people as well just to build their confidence in that and to make them feel they're of value so yeah
0: beck in the past when you did have a job what made working difficult for you
2: um i feel like probably my mental health my anxiety issues especially you know made everyday tasks that you know a lot of people don't think twice about i would overthink and send myself into a panic attack how long have you been diagnosed for um i was diagnosed um i think i was 14 or 15 i was diagnosed with anxiety and depression
0: you're 24 now so that's a good 10 years of learning to live with manage try and hold down work get educated do you think it's getting better or worse
2: I feel like as I've got older, you know, I've come with more challenges. As for getting better or worse, I feel like it just fluctuates. You learn how to deal with certain things and then new problems may come up and you have to learn how to deal with them as well.
0: So what does it mean having anxiety in the workplace? What are the things that can happen that make it really difficult to do the task at hand or keep focused?
2: Uh, Time management skills. You know, that's always a big thing. You stress that you're not going to get something done in time. So then you muck up and you obviously don't get it finished in time. Um, And a simple chat with the boss can lead to, you know, a breakdown, that sort of stuff.
0: Have employers in the past for you been supportive or even do you think they've really understood how challenging it is what you do
2: face? I can think of one employer in particular that was really, really good. But yeah, my, my other employers that I've had, yeah, they haven't really understood. And it's, it's made it quite difficult to try and you know, keep a healthy relationship going. When you hit your low points, are you able to go to work? I'm lucky if I can even get out of bed on the
0: low days. Sue, so how common is depression anxiety amongst the youth that you work with? It's high. Um, just from the training
1: programs that we've run here in the last few years anxiety would be one of the highest things that they suffer from Um, to the point that they, I think one young um, girl it took her two weeks of trying to actually get through the door and then if she's met with negativity on the other side of that door that just closes that down straight away so um, I love where we run our programs from it's a house it's it's informal we have some flexibility and we can take into account some of that anxiety issues so I think that us as employers or people that provide employment and training programs we need to be really aware of that and make it a, a nice soft area for them We need to prepare them for work but some people it's baby steps and at the end of a program, if the fact that that person has stayed at that program and turned up every day, then I think that's important that we see that as a success and that the government, in there, while they're doing these programs, allow us to count that as success sorry because it's stepping stones for some people and not everyone is going to do like you've seen you can't do a study course and suddenly you're work ready because you have all this other stuff going on so some people takes a bit longer and I think um, it's important that we can try and provide that environment for them
0: so obviously mental health is one of the big challenges but what are some of the other common reasons that make it difficult for young people to get a job in Bundaberg okay
1: Well, the first thing's practical, you know. It's a shortage shortage of jobs. I mean, people can say there's not, but I bet you if we looked at one job vacancy and we looked at how many people are applying for it, it's it's numbers. In the long run, it's numbers, you know. But then you have the whole other thing that comes along with it, Um, people being prepared for work, their background, what they've grown up with, have they been taught a work ethic? Are they generational unemployment? Are they second, third generation unemployed? So there's a whole lot of stuff in there that, that I just don't think we can say brand all youth the same and it's youth unemployment across the board. It's an individual reasons for everyone.
0: Beck, 28%, so nearly a third of Bundaberg's young people are unemployed. How many of your friends are out of work?
2: I have a good majority of friends who are unemployed.
0: Why is it hard for them to get a job, do you think?
2: I feel like, you know, once you haven't been able to get a job for so long, eventually you start to give up and you lose the motivation to get out there and, you know, get a stable job.
0: One of the common responses people say when they hear about regional statistics and the lack of jobs is, why don't people just move? Beck, is relocation something that you've contemplated?
2: I've thought about moving to the city on and off for ages but it's not as simple as just you know pack up your car and go and start a new life somewhere you know it's expenses it's losing your supports that you've got and I've realized recently that I have a lot of supports here in Bundy and I feel like without them you know I could maybe get a job in the city but I don't feel like it would you know, working as a long-term solution for me because my mental health would plummet. It would make you
0: really vulnerable. Yeah. Sue, so in your experience, how willing are young people to start from the bottom? I don't want to generalise.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I often hear, you know, I'm not going to work at, I should say mackers. but that's the thing. I'm not going to work at mackers. don't want to work at Maccas, um, don't want to do this. And the reality is... We all had to start there at some point and I think people that work at McDonald's get the best training and they make great workers. Um, my son started there so, and I, do, I don't think it's a youth thing just, I think it's unemployment in general. Sometimes you just need to take a job that you don't want to really do because it's easier to get a job when you have a job. And sometimes we just need to go, okay, it's not what I want
0: to do 10 years down the track, but for right now, it's going to be okay. And Beck, you've been nodding vigorously while Sue's been talking. Can you relate to this? Have you started at the bottom with some work?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a lot of people also, you know, not everyone realizes that, you know, sometimes if, say you want to be a barista, you want to be a chef, you have to start. know by doing the dishes you have to start as that bottom person but a lot of people don't realize that you know without those roles being played the rest of you know the industry doesn't function. Beck Bundaberg
0: is set to be one of the first places that will have the cashless welfare card coming in. If it's introduced how do you feel about the government potentially managing your income?
2: Honestly I feel like it's a double-edged sword. You know, it could really benefit some people. And, you know, um, I know that they're worried about, you know, people with habits and addictions. You know, you want to make sure you know where that money's going, but at the same time, if, you know, people, you know, rely on that sort of stuff, they'll find a way to get it, whether, you know, crime rates might go up. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hit and miss And how about you, Sue? What's your feelings towards it?
0: I can can see a a contemplative look on your face. I'm actually torn
1: because there's one part of me that says, okay, we, we are lucky enough to live in a country that if we are unemployed, we get assistance. Do we have a right to say how, what form that assistance comes in? Then there's the other side of me that says, if this is introducing cashless card because it's about people not spending their money wisely, they're spending it on habits or whatever. If it was as easy to cure an addiction as to cut someone's money supply off, we would have no addicts. It's not that simple and you know we have a lot of good people on unemployment benefits or whatever that do a, a really good job at managing their money. So I don't know if it's a fair system. Would I like to be told how to manage my money? No, not even if I was on unemployment benefits. I'd feel quite resentful of that. But then do we have a right to say what's form the assistance comes in? I don't know. And I'm a big believer in we don't have the right to sit there and live off a handout from the government. Big believer in work for the Dole programs if they are run right. Um, I think we
0: do have to pay back. Sue, you run Work for the Dole programs through the group here. What are some of those programs that young people are involved in? What's some of the work they're doing? Okay, we don't
1: presently run Work for the Dole, but we we did um, for a number of years. And in my previous job, I was. So I think we did valuable programs that they did. So they did the shop for a start. And then we, in Bundaberg, we couldn't have group activities anymore, so it meant that we couldn't employ a supervisor in that, so it made the program very hard to do actually anything really worthwhile. I mean, this, the Work for the Dole program led to this shop opening, and we've helped thousands of people of the community now by this shop being here. So. And the guys loved it, you know what I mean? They really actually took ownership of it and they can be proud that they were part of building this. So I work for the Dole program run well and properly
2: is awesome.
0: Beck, unemployment is constantly in the news. What do you want people to know next time they hear one of these statistics?
2: That you can't just, like, like you said before, you can't just put everyone in one category. It's individual, you know, some people have disabilities some people don't have the right sort of education their upbringing again can you know impact what they can do you know not everyone just wants to sit on the dole and do nothing there are people out there constantly going for interviews applying for jobs and you know with the lack that we've got of jobs here you know if you've got you know 20 or 30 people applying for the one job you've got to kind of sit there and think well what are my chances
0: Beck, what do you think you need in order to successfully get into employment and stay there?
2: I just need to be given a chance, I think. I feel, you know, there may need to be some better understanding of, you know, my sort of, well, not just mine, but uh, youth mental health and that sort of stuff with lenience. You know, you have to have rules, but there should be a little bit of lenience, say, if you have the flu go to the doctor get a doctor's certificate with mental health if you have a breakdown it's not that easy to get a certificate and a lot of the time people feel you know they they think that you're faking it and you know that can be quite confronting so you spoke before about
0: unemployment is different for everybody for different reasons and for some people that intergenerational cycle of dependence on welfare is one of the reasons leading to some people being out of work. How do we fix the problem? How do we break that cycle? Look, I don't know, and it's, it's, it's teaching people.
1: I guess it's it's programs that maybe fill the spot where it's fallen down. It's talking about giving people a reason to work other than money, because you will support a lifestyle based on what you can get for nothing so if mum and dad's managed to live on unemployment benefits then you learn those skills and you'll manage to live on it but if you can think about that there's other reasons that we can work and that we can get young people thinking about we just aren't working for the money that we that, and, and adults as well there's lots of reasons we work and um, I think yeah just starting starting there it's it's a tough thing when I was doing youth work I've had the situation where the young person we she got herself a job and she was the only one in that family working so how do you make yourself get up in the morning when everyone else is sleeping in I mean it's a it's tough and that's that becomes the from the inside of the the young person I think and it's it's supporting them if they're not getting that support from home it's it's organizations it's friends it's you know, whoever, giving them the support and encouragement to do that, to break that cycle. But it's it's tough because a young person can get a job, but sometimes, as, as you felt, back, sometimes it's hard to maintain that job for different reasons. So getting the jobs, the, as much as like we have 30% unemployment rate, but sometimes that's the easy bit. It's staying in that job that's the hard bit and it's, it's be about teaching young people resilience and how to handle life and how to get through that anxiety and still get to work. So
0: it, it's support systems, I guess, is what I'm saying. Beck, have you got any ideas? You and your friends who are struggling to find work, do you see a solution
2: to the problem? Trying to be optimistic about it. Um, you know, you can't just throw, throw up some new businesses and that sort of stuff. But I feel like, you know, some people, we just need to be given a chance, even, you know, I don't care if it's a, a job, getting my hands dirty, it's a start and it's an income and it makes you feel like you've got a purpose. So I think people just need to be given a chance. Beck, how do you feel about your
0: own future career? Is it something that you are positive
2: about or do you hold concerns I do hold concerns with what I'm doing at the moment you know it gets me by but I you know I can't earn enough at the moment with what I'm doing to you know get my own place I'm 24 you know I think it's time to spread the wings a little bit you know getting around's hard there is public transport yes but for public transport you need money yeah. Sue how do you see the future? For those that you're working with
0: and trying to help make their lives a little bit easier or a little bit more financially stable,
1: look. I, I, I agree with Beck. We've got to stay hopeful. We've got to stay positive. Um, if you don't stay positive, then you're in real trouble. I think. But it's scary. It's scary to think that that you know close to thirty percent, and it's ri- rising from what I understand, of our young people are unemployed and struggling struggling with mental health issues at at 24 or at 18 you started at 14 that's sad and and i think it's quite scary you know we we do have to find something and i have no clue what the answer is um we have politicians that are supposed to be leading us and and helping us and that and you know there's awesome programs out there but at the end of the day it doesn't guarantee your job but what it does do is what beck said though it gives you purpose and i think we need to have people having a purpose and a reason to get out of bed in the morning because if they become isolated from the community and the more they become isolated and withdrawn from the community the more of a problem it's going to become so i just think we have to just keep trying to engage these youth and and not let them fall between the cracks and get forgotten there has to be some transition from school you know we have people not finishing school and then just falling away I think it's engagement, I think we've got to keep them engaged in the community and not let them isolate themselves and just keep plodding along and keep trying and having your support system is is so important I think because you know when you get that rejection letter or worst of all you don't hear anything back at all from the, from the interview, it, it's just you can only take so much without starting to have doubts about yourself and I know that from my own personal experience. So I just think the support system and, and organisations just need to keep trying to, to encourage. But at the end of the day, if the work's not there, the work's not there, is it?
0: Beck, whose responsibility do you think it is to work on making this problem
2: go away? Is it young people's? I feel like it's a joint effort. You know, we need not just the young people, but employers and, I don't know, government support. And it's hard for employers too
1: because I know as a small organisation when someone is, and I've had that experience with friends that they can't work because of depression or anxiety. I've had that with employees that can't work. So as an employer, it's really tough also if you take on somebody that has those issues because you need them at work. And if they're not turning up, it becomes hard as an employee. So there's no simple solution, I, I don't know what it is. I guess it starts with the young people and we work to, to build young people's confidence. When you're battling anxiety and you're battling rejection and that, you need someone to, to help pick you up and go, it is gonna get better and the right job is probably maybe around the corner. Um, I'm a big believer in things do happen for a reason and if you've missed out on a job, it could be because the right one is just there. And that's what I used to tell myself. And I was devastated when I missed out on a job 20-odd years ago when I came back to Bundaberg for the first time. It was a job I was doing. Totally blew it. I was like, oh, my God. Did a course at my previous work 20 years later. Would never have thought I'd got into youth work. I started in admin and then progressed from there. And And then a bad situation of a redundancy and a a personal loss in our family led me to here. So things sometimes have a funny roundabout way of getting there, but we get there in the end.
0: You've been listening to Mama's Kitchen, presented and produced by me, Trudy Ligo. This podcast has been made possible by the fabulous folks at Creative Regions and with the generous support of the WOW Regional Voice Programme, the Tim Fairfax Family Foundation and ABC Wide Bay. You've also been listening to One More Round by David Seste from the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening in.